Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Project Egg Show. I'm your host, Ben Gothard, and today we have the honor of speaking with the one, the only, Matt Parr. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for coming on the show. I am so excited to chat with you today because you're doing some incredible things. And just from our pre-show conversation, we've been having a lot of fun, so I'm excited to see what happens today. But I really want to ask you, what is your story? Well, so um, right now I'm 19 years old, just turned 19, and um, I'm probably best well known for doing YouTube. So I run nine different YouTube channels currently. And now I'm teaching other people how they can do the same. So um, I discovered YouTube back in like 2014 when I was 14 years old. And um, I, I just thought it was awesome because like literally anybody can upload videos to YouTube. Like this video is going to be on YouTube. Um, and we're, like we we're just talking about before the show, like back in the day, it was a bunch of old dudes who controlled all of media. Now, literally anybody can upload videos. And I, I, I thought it was so appealing. And and so crazy that anyone can do this, including a 14-year-old kid. So I started uploading YouTube videos, just like random videos of me and my friends, uh, video game videos, like the stuff people all do, kids do on YouTube. And my videos weren't getting any traction. And I, I would go on YouTube, I would see videos with like millions of views. And I would think like, dang, how could I get millions of views? And um, I came across this one channel called Top Fives, I think. It was like a top five channel. And it, it would... It was literally just someone doing a voiceover with a bunch of like stock clips on on the video and the video seemed so easy to make so like at the time i had this like super crappy iphone so i would record the voiceover with my phone with my, like my high squeaky voice um saying like hey guys today we're going to be talking about the top five fastest cars ever and like the videos didn't do so good at first but like as time went on, I started improving on little things and eventually some of them started getting some traction. I had a video that got over 100,000 views within a week, which was pretty cool. And um, that brings me to today. I run nine channels and uh, one of which has over a million subscribers, multiple other ones with over 100,000 subscribers each. And now I'm teaching other people how to do it. So Forgive me if I'm not the best on camera. Like I've, I've usually been behind the scenes like making videos and I pay other people to make videos as well. But now I'm just starting to grow my personal brand and teach other people how they can do that as well. That is epic. And I love the fact that at 14, you were like, all right, I'm giving this YouTube thing a shot. And you were doing it with your iPhone, recording, the, recording your voice and like putting it up there. I love that. Why, why was that a thing? Like, why did you, I mean, you just wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm fired up about it. Let's get it. Let's go. Like, how did that, how did that come to be? Well, I've always wanted to like make movies and stuff and I would see the movies and I'd be like, dang, that'd be awesome to make. And, um, so I've always had kind of an interest in, um, Hey Matt, we kind of uh, kind of lost you there. YouTube just seemed like it, hey, it. Okay, hello. Hey Matt, we yeah. Hey, we kind of hey. lost you there. Last thing we heard was you had an interest in movies and. Oh yeah, sorry about that. So I yeah, I've always had a really big interest in movies and stuff, but I've always wanted to make movies. Like I would I would watch them and I'd be like, dang, that'd be awesome to to make something like that. 
So, um, so I, I, I saw YouTube as a way of uh, kind of taking care of the whole distribution side of things. You could upload videos and uh, millions of people could potentially find it just for free. Like, um, and that, that's what kind of appealed to me at the time. And like, you can talk about your interests and like at the time I was super interested in like cars and stuff. And I run a couple channels that talk about like the fastest cars in the world and stuff of that nature. But um, yeah, so the videos just seemed uh, easy to make in the sense that they're, you don't actually have to appear on camera or anything. But now, of course, I am running a personal brand channel as well where I do appear on camera. But at the time, um, I just ran, and I still run those channels as well, but I pay other people to make the videos for me and um, just run them that way. So it came from a passion for movies and, and making movies. So Definitely, yeah. Why did you want to make movies? Well, um, I, I think I'm just like a naturally creative person, I guess. So um, I like making things, definitely. Uh, and I like making something from nothing, of course. But um, what, what really fueled into the whole... Uh, and that that's that kind of got me started on YouTube, right? Like, I I at the time I didn't even know you could like make money from YouTube or anything, but so I I just started with a passion for the things that I was interested in. I would make random like top ten, top five videos on those things. But then that brings us to the I think it was about mid two thousand fifteen. I found out you could actually put ads on your YouTube videos, and YouTube would pay you. Uh, per ad impression that you get and obviously you make more if someone clicks the ad so I enrolled in the YouTube partner program at the time there was no like requirements or anything so instantly got in and uh, at the I don't even think I had a bank account at the time so I had to go open a bank account connected with my YouTube channel and just over just overnight after I mind you have already built up an audience and everything at this point but just overnight after turning on ads I was making like three thousand dollars a month which as a 15 year old kid at this point, it was like, I was like, oh my God, this is like a, this is a real thing. And then ever since then, I've really gotten into the whole business side of things. But yeah, started from a passion of uh, creativity and down the line, like, of course, I would like to make movies and more passion stuff, but it, it sort of became like a business at that point with my, um, with my top 10 channels. And yeah, so ever since then, I've gotten a real passion in business as well. And yeah, it's all due to YouTube. So when you were creating your bank account and <laughs> you went to, the, obviously you probably went to the bank right. and you were, you were having that conversation with them. Did you just stroll up there? Like, ladies and gentlemen, I need a bank account for YouTube. Like what, how did that conversation go? Did they like, <laughs> well, <what? laughs> I went with, I think I went with my mom at the time as well, because I, I don't know if kids can open them themselves, mm -hmm. but I think I went with my mom at the time and we opened it. I don't think we told them, but my parents were aware of what I was doing. And part of the reason, like I didn't show my face or anything either is because they wanted to keep um, my identity secret. They didn't want mm -hmm. me like, you know, just as a kid before I became an adult. But now that I'm an adult, I um, started this whole personal brand thing, and I thought it'd be really cool to teach others as well and how they can do it without showing their face, because that's that's one thing that a lot of people think they have to do, but it couldn't be farther from the truth. Like like I said, I have a channel with over a million subscribers. I've never shown my face on it. That's epic. So, 
when you but when you went into the actual bank like <laughs> like what did you say to them like how did you convince them to do that for you well um I, it's legal for uh minors to open a bank account i think you have to be like 13 um so just we just asked to open a bank account and did it but it was more of a matter of convincing my parents they're like oh you need a bank what do you need a bank account for and i'm like oh just uh YouTube, I guess they pay for, um, for ad impressions on your videos. And like, I'm getting a lot of views, so I might as well turn on ads. And they, they said it was okay. And they're like, well, if it could be an alternative to like going to a job or something and kind of convince them that way. And yeah, I've never had to work a traditional job because of YouTube. Can you imagine if they had said no to that? Oh my God. I, I think I would have still ended up uh, somewhat in this point myself, <laughs> but I think it would have definitely taken longer. Wow. So you turn on the ads instantly, you get to 3k a month. You probably like, I can't imagine your reaction. Like what went through your head and like, what was that feeling like when you hit and you were like, Oh my God. Like, what was it like for you? Oh my God. It was like, it was so weird. Like I did, I've, um, I might have like a distorted view of money or something at this point because it's, uh, it's been maybe, and my parents tell me this all the time. It was too easy. Like, uh, since I've never had to work a traditional job or anything like that, but yeah, it was a really surreal feeling and like seeing my friends have to go to work and work really hard and like, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I put in a lot of hard work with YouTube and a lot, a lot of hours and a lot of missed uh, parties and going out with friends and stuff to do that. But it's, um, it was definitely a surreal feeling and it still is a surreal feeling that you can upload videos to YouTube. Like, I feel like I should be paying YouTube for the viewership they're giving me because now I have like sponsored brand deals on different uh, channels as well. And I feel like I should be paying YouTube for these millions of views that it really is because of YouTube generating, like we could get into SEO tactics or all the stuff of how you actually generate the views, but all in all, it's YouTube system and algorithm that's giving the views. So it's, it, it, it is definitely crazy. Now, hold on. Let's not go shouting that we should pay YouTube. They might get some <laughs> yeah. crazy ideas here. <laughs> Definitely. So, so you start making money from this and you're getting a ton of traffic. Like, I'm curious about some of the tweaks that you made to really start ramping up your viewership and not from the perspective of like tactics because five, 10 years, those could be totally irrelevant, right? Right. But the content will still be here. So what was your iterative process? Like how did you identify what you needed to improve on next in order to keep making progress? So at the time, um, I would upload a video, see how many views it got probably within the first week. If it didn't get many views, I would, um, and, and many views, like it, it, this was comparative to the other videos that I was uploading. So I would just like upload a bunch of videos, um, see which ones are doing the best, double down on those and disregard all of the rest. But, but now like without getting too much into the tactics or anything and stuff that people can take away for, for a long time, like honestly, I think the number one factor that's going to always be there, whether you're making TV shows or movies and now YouTube and then whatever it is in the future, VR 360 content. Um, I think what's always going to be there is the factor of audience retention and getting someone. So getting someone to watch your video and then how long they watch the video. Like this is the metric that's been tracked throughout time 
um, throughout, um, you know, TV shows and now on YouTube, they, they want to get people watching the video as long as possible. Cause obviously that means more ad impressions. If it's a TV show, more ad impressions, if it's YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So I think just thinking about how you can get people to watch your videos the longest, um, really is the factor and then getting people to watch those videos in the first place, which obviously there's all kinds of tactics I could go on about that are current today. But like you said, they can, they can change in the future as well. So was your idea to create things or, or videos about topics that you were interested in or you were just like, oh, this could be cool. Let me just try that. Like, how did you go about figuring out what to make videos on? Right. So it started with stuff that I was personally interested in and it, um, and I would just make a bunch of videos on that. But as time went on and I started making money from YouTube, uh, I started making new channels and obviously I don't make the content for all nine channels that I run, but I started making new channels and other niches and like, I would see opportunities. So I was like, well, dang, the health niche, is getting a lot of views. Um, I'm not part that particularly interested in it. Like I like to take care of my health, obviously, but it, it, it didn't seem like that interesting to me, but I saw the opportunity there. So I'm like, if I can pay someone to outsource this content creation for this channel, the only work I have to do then is like uploading and optimizing the videos, which is what I do on all my channels, which takes a couple hours every day, admittingly, but um, I don't have to do any of the content creation, which is like what actually takes a lot, a lot of time. So yeah, started out stuff I was passionate in. I still have those channels that I'm, that I'm actually passionate in the stuff, but even a lot of that's outsourced at this point too. And now that I've gotten more passionate about business, that's what I, um, I want to, you know, talk about, teach others about and do all that kind of stuff as well. Kind of do the route that you're doing with this podcast, maybe have a podcast eventually. And yeah. Dude, I would highly recommend a podcast, especially since the hard part is understanding how to get eyeballs onto your content. That's right. the hardest part of, of doing a podcast. Like, and you've got that nailed down to a science. So dude, you would crush it with a podcast. That would be epic. So uh, I'm thinking about like what it must be like to be in your situation, right? You're 19 years old, millions of subscribers on YouTube. I mean, how has that, and we talked a little bit about the money, a little bit about, you know, you spend a couple hours every day uploading and optimizing, but how has that actually changed your life? How has that impacted your life, both on a day-to-day -day level and on like an identity level of how you see yourself? Yeah. So on a day-to-day -day level, like um, I was able to move out at 18 and right now I'm actually traveling full-time. I'm in like an Airbnb right now, but um, yeah, I'm able to travel full time and kind of live that digital nomad lifestyle. But um, I'm, I'm just traveling around seeing what could, what place would be best to live in. And then eventually, um, eventually choosing a place right now. I'm in San Francisco, actually. But um, yeah, so it's changed my life in, in terms of the ability to travel wherever I want um, uh, and not really have to worry about money like most people do. Um, and it's changed my life. Uh, did you say on a day-to-day -day basis or? So on a day-to-day, -day, which I think you kind of covered, but also on an identity basis, like for the past five years, you've been working at this. That's about how long I've been an entrepreneur for. And I know that shaped my identity in ways I couldn't, I have not yet fully understood. So like to the point that one can articulate, 
like how much has it affected your identity, shaped your identity? Well, I would definitely be a lot different of a person if I never got into YouTube. And I don't think I would have gone down the entrepreneur path at all. Like, like I said, this all stemmed from a passion in movies and stuff of that nature, media companies and stuff. And it, this has really been, um, really got me more into the business side of things. And I wasn't even familiar with entrepreneurship, so I wouldn't have even, wouldn't have even done that. So yeah, it's definitely shaped my identity. I'm a much different person than if I, if I didn't. And, and yeah. So do you see yourself as like, do you see yourself as a YouTuber or as a businessman or as an entrepreneur or as a, a creator or as Matt? Like, like how would you, how do you identify yourself? Well, I, I think uh, probably entrepreneur first and foremost. Um, and because a lot of people ask, like, uh, so you're a YouTube, you, you have a channel with over a million subscribers. Obviously, nobody knows who I am or anything, which I kind of like at the same time. Like, you, I get some anonymity out of it as well. But now I'm starting my personal brand channel as well. So I guess um, I'm sort of adopting the term YouTuber, too. But I would say first and foremost, uh, entrepreneur. That's cool. So let's talk more about your, your day to day and like your, your traveling and figuring out where you want to live. I think that's for awesome. sure. Um, how do you, how do you fit in traveling and experiencing the local culture and like figuring out if you want to live in a place with doing your work and spending your, you know, putting in the hours to, to build something and, and creating? Yeah, for sure. So I spend a lot of time in one place, so that um, definitely helps. So, like, I'll go to a place, live there for a month, and like, I'll I'll work for for a long time. Like, sometimes I'll I'll wake up, I'll work, and then tell I'm going to bed. You know, didn't even leave the house once. But sometimes, uh, like, a couple of the days, I'll I'll take off and I'll go explore, whatever. And and yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think I would be able to fit it in if I had a really heavy travel schedule. So if I was like going to a new place um, every couple of days, I don't think I'd be able to do it. But due to the fact that I, I stay in one place for a pretty long time, unless I have something coming up and I got to go or something like I just came back from Dallas for some mastermind event. But unless I have something coming up, I, I usually stay in one place for a while. But yeah, I still have time to to enjoy the local culture, um, get to see places and stuff like that as well that's awesome dude it it seems like it's amazing being able to travel and like having zero pretty much zero restrictions and like you know you're able to work from your as long as you have a computer and a charger and internet right like, you're golden you're you're free do you ever find that it's kind of lonely or that like like nobody really understands like what you're doing or nobody can really keep up with you in a way? Well, I would definitely be incredibly lonely if it wasn't for my uh, girlfriend who I do travel with full time as well. So it's not just me. And she helps out with a lot of stuff as well. We kind of work together with YouTube. But um, so yeah, if it wasn't for that, I'd be a lot more lonely. I have someone to talk to and just going to like mastermind events, like I said, and going to networking events that helps a lot too. Um, I was uh, one of the biggest uh, networking events I recommend is called Vid Summit. If you're familiar with that, it's in it's in LA every year, and I, I didn't get to make it this year because I was in Dallas. But 
it's a it's a really cool thing and just going to places like that really helps with the whole loneliness factor and but i could definitely see how that would be a problem with with a lot of people like you could be you could live in the most crowded city in the world but still be one of the loneliest people in the world and that's i think that's a big issue with social media these days and um and people growing up with that totally so when it comes to making sacrifices for your business and, uh, you know, you're, I think you were saying earlier how, you know, you would miss out on some parties or choose not to go, not miss out, but choose not to go or, you know, prioritizing your business or in creating more professional things. Do you ever think like, man, is it worth it? Like, should I be going to the parties? Cause I only get to live once, but like I have this goal and I'm trying to create it and like, I'm trying to get someplace that the people at the party probably won't get like, how do you think about that? Yeah, so um, I've I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, what 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 should I actually do with my life? Like, um, is it worth it to build up a huge company where you are paying all these other people, but you're beholden to an office and you have to go there every single day, even though that you're the CEO? Or would it be better to, to own a completely remote company where you could like live out in the mountains of Colorado if you wanted to and um, manage everything from there? So like, yeah, these definitely questions um, I ask myself and I think every entrepreneur should ask themselves because you need to determine what you really want in your life. Um, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to sacrificing certain things for business, the way I looked at it at the time was that, yeah, I was, I was trying to build this thing. I think I have a very addictive personality as well. So like once I start something, I really have to keep going with it. Um, so I think there was that whole aspect at play. If I, when I look back on it, would I have gone to maybe a couple more par parties gone out more? Maybe. Um, but I, I don't think I would have gone, um, that much more, honestly. Like I, I really do get a lot of satisfaction out of working on my business and running these YouTube channels and, and growing my business too. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a balance for any entrepreneur. I think you as well, everybody. But, but yeah, that's, that's just kind of the way I look at things. See, I'm very similar because I like, I remember in college, like I was thinking to myself, cause at one point I actually lived in a fraternity house. It was actually a good, like economic move. It was a pretty, pretty mm -hmm. cheaper place to stay, but like, and, and I had some friends in there and like, you know, they would, they would always come like knock on the door. Or, like I would hear them all going out and I would be in my room, like writing or, you know, doing a, doing an interview or, you know, working on something, it's just, you know, some, some entrepreneur right. part. And like, and I think like, Hmm, is it, was it worth it? Like, should I have been going out now? I will say I hate going to the bars. I can't stand, like, I hate going to bars. It's like the, Same. what I what I do like though are, are like hosting and throwing house parties because like throwing a party is like that's like art that's creating so <laughs> I like to do that so that that's fun but like I don't know man I, I always think because you never know what you're gonna think 30 years from now and like the best I can think is like I really hope in 30 years I'm not looking back saying I wish I would have done this I wish I would have done that so I know whatever path it's like, you just got to give it your all. Whatever path you choose, you got to go hard at it. And like, I have an addictive personality too. So I, I 
would hundred percent get that. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting to hear to hear your perspective on it too. Right. Yeah. It's um, yeah. When you I th- I think w- when you talk about looking back on your past and and thinking about decisions and stuff like, um, may- maybe you boil it down to all that matters is that you're happy and fulfilled with what you're doing now as well. So you could look at it, you could look at it either way. So um, like when you're on your deathbed, looking back, maybe, maybe you were happy working on your business a, a lot too. And it got a lot of satisfaction out of that, but I just encourage people to try different things. So like, so they know what they like and don't like, like I would have never known. I like YouTube if I didn't try it. Like I recently went scuba diving for the first time. I would have never known that like now I'm now I'm going to probably get into this super expensive hobby that <laughs> like going scuba <laughs> diving and like drones. And there's, um, I, I think people need to try things to try a lot of things. Like I'm sure you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he, he talks a lot about this as well. Uh, yeah, just trying different things in, in your twenties to find out what you do like. And if you can make a business around that great, if you're an entrepreneur, but if you're not, that's, there's no problem with that either. Whatever, whatever makes you happy. And, um, yeah. So you have your business, you're traveling, you're figuring it out. You're thinking about what you really want to do with your life. What have been some of your conclusions thus far about like, where like what your path will really look like or or where you're actually going it's hard i i go back and forth on do i want to build like a big media company with with all these youtube channels and have take on investors and do go down that whole route um do do i want to just become like a personal brand like gary v or grant cardone or one of these people um, yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to know like what the big vision is. And I think I need to take more time thinking about that. Uh, but conclusion wise, I've, I've considered like maybe starting a YouTube software company eventually, like um, eventually when, um, when I have enough to start investing in however much that would cost, like make, maybe make something. Are, are you familiar with vidIQ? I've heard of it. I need to do more research though. Yeah, it's like a software that helps people with YouTube. So I was thinking um, maybe I could make something, uh, a tool like that, since I, I know the YouTube algorithm a lot. Um, obviously, I, I don't know what goes into actually coding a software or anything. So maybe that would be going in over my head. But yeah, maybe uh, I, I do like being behind the scenes a lot. But I, I do like doing interviews like this too, talking. And maybe maybe it's a personal brand. Maybe it's both running a company and a personal brand. Um and yeah, it's, it's, that's it's sort of where I'm at right now. Have you thought of ever building some sort of entity that's like almost like a publishing house, but instead of like books, videos where you're basically bringing in talent and you're handling like the optimization and more the business side so they can create and you know, like the business side, the sponsorship side, how to monetize and make money from it and like build this huge like uh it's kind of like a like a youtube publishing house almost it's actually a really good idea and i've i've thought a little bit about something like that with um are you familiar with jake paul Mm -hmm. yeah like so he he started uh something called team 10 which was a company that got a bunch of influencers to live in a house together and then um obviously he used his exposure to give exposure to all these other people he helps them with youtube in return he takes like 10 percent of their earnings from sponsorships and all this stuff 
So thought of doing something similar to that in that like you could, I could, um, like you're saying, bring on talent, maybe help them with YouTube and stuff. And then in, in turn, take a percentage of, of their earnings and work together that way, do partnerships. And it's, it's kind of similar to an MCN too. Are you familiar with what MCNs are? No, but I appreciate you educating me in all these things. Yeah, so an MCN is a multi-channel network. And um, I think Disney owns a multi-channel network. I think it's called Full Screen, And they used to have PewDiePie on it and all these big people. But they, they like throw events and parties and stuff where people can go to. They teach about YouTube. They do all this. And in return, um, they split some of the revenue that the, whatever the influencer makes or YouTube channel. And a lot of big channels are actually on these networks too, which is kind of surprising. I think a lot of them are kind of a scam to be, to be a hundred percent honest. But if I could make something that truly helped people and that would help them grow on YouTube and actually provide advice and do more of a partnership role than like a really soulless company that just takes a percentage of your income and provide you nothing, then like maybe that, that would be a good idea. Like a, uh, an actual YouTube publishing house, like you said. Dude, there is, at least from my perspective, such a need for for your talent of being able to monetize content and get eyeballs on content and handle the monetization piece. There are so many content creators out there that like they're really good at creating and they're very like, they're almost like artists where they just want to create, but then when they have to handle the business side, they're screwed because they don't know how to do it. And like, yeah, there to me, there seems like such a need. Like, for example, there's and, – and even even people who – they have big followings elsewhere and maybe they just don't know how to bring it all to YouTube or something. Like, I know, I know for sure, like, this show, for example – Right. If, if I, if I could, if, if you said to me, Hey Ben, I'll, I'll help you bring a ton of traffic to your show. You just keep creating and I'll help you bring a ton of traffic to the show. And like, but you have to give me a cut of it. Oh yeah. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Like it makes so much sense because like focusing on the, on the, the art side or of like the, the creative side, like I feel like so many people they love that part, but they, they don't really, or haven't figured out the whole, the whole business side of it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to take you and where, where your route, uh, where your path is going to lead you. Definitely. And those, those are some really good points. Like, like you said, there's two aspects to it. There's the monetization, actually making money from the following and the views and everything. And that's something a lot of people really need to think about too, because there's like, for example, um, when I started my personal brand channel, really the motivation behind that was, you know, obviously help a lot of people um, with YouTube and everything. And, but I, I soon began running into the problem. I have such a small following on this personal brand channel. Like, how am I going to actually pay the bills with it and, and make money from it? And, and initially, I was just siphoning money from my other channels to be able to fund by buying cameras and microphones and stuff. But so... But then um, I found that within a few months, I was making more from my personal brand channel, which had 8,000 subscribers, than another channel I run with like over 100,000 subscribers. And that's through selling products from, from the channel. So like courses and stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely something people need to think about um, monetizing their YouTube channel. And even though you have a big following, there's a lot of big YouTube channels that hardly make any money. 
And like I can guarantee you, um, Grant Cardone through selling courses and all this kind of stuff makes a lot more than um, say another influencer that has a million subscribers, but they just talk about comedy videos or something like that. So it depends on the niche. It depends on all that kind of stuff, but monetization is something definitely people need to think about. But then, like you said too, um, with, uh, getting views as well on, onto the channel, that's the traffic side of things is definitely something that people need to think about as well. And that, that, that could be definitely a valid business opportunity to, um, help people with that side of things in, in return for like a cut. Totally. Totally. And I'm so, like I said, I'm super, super curious, like what actually, like what, what the path may be. Cause I mean, as you were, as you were talking, it, I was, I started thinking like, what would stop you from even, you know, you have some courses, you have your, you know, your, your information products that you sell with your personal brand. And then the ascension is start with, you know, lower ticket item, maybe like an ebook or, a, you know, whatever into a, a full blown program. And then the real rock stars from the program, like that is your, is your filtration system to see like who you want to work with as far as the, the actual publishing house goes. So like sending people up the value chain, like you see who's committed, they already know kind of what you're about and your ethos and they get it. And then you're like, Oh, if you want me to really help you like dial it up a notch one-on-one, like let's, let's work together as like a publishing thing. That could be an epic ecosystem. It's, it's actually an incredible idea. I mean, you could get, um, cause then you, you're at, you go at scale with like your free eBooks and, um, and $7 products or whatever. And when, when you send them up, then obviously like people have full fledged businesses just selling information products. But then, like you said, if you combine the, um, having some type of like publishing house, multi-channel network or something for the, like you said, the real rock stars, the people who are um, already succeeding with your programs, that that's an incredible idea. I've never even thought of that. I, I've kind of thought of the top of the, um, or the, the, the bottom of the funnel, or rather, would that be the bottom? Yeah, because most people on the top. So the bottom of the funnel I've kind of thought about and the back end is like maybe offering one-on-one mentorship and stuff, but I've, I've never thought about, um, yeah, maybe having some type of, of publishing house system as well that'd be really cool sweet virtual high five bro making progress here for sure <laughs> business ideas <laughs> awesome man well um you know matt i, I want to be very respectful of your time i know you're a busy man and uh, i know you have a lot of world to explore out there so just a, a couple more questions for you then then we'll wrap it on up um I'm, I'm fascinated to ask you this question because I'm I'm 25, so usually most people I ask this of are like older than me. So I'm so curious to know uh, your answer to this. But what question should I be asking you that I just wouldn't think to ask? That's a hard one. <laughs> um, what question should you be asking me that you don't know to ask? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say. I would say that I'm not the, like you said, the, the wisest person um, in the world, obviously. I'm, I'm 19 years old and I've, I've done some things that worked and, and some things, a lot of things that haven't. Um, but when it comes to what you should, what you should have asked me, 
probably would have to say. Hmm, this is a hard one. I, I don't know where to where to go with this. Uh, what what if what if some other people said? Well, some people have flipped it. They've kind of flipped it back, and they're like, "All right, I have a question, but you have to answer it first. That that was a good one. But mm -hmm. that that same person said, "If you could wave a magic wand." and instill one belief into every man, woman, and child on this planet, what would that belief be? That was a really good one. Um, That's good. Some, one person said, you should ask me what my childhood smells like. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was funny. Mm -hmm. I, actually asked, I actually asked Grant Cardone that question when I, <laughs> when I was interviewing him. Oh, really? He's been yeah. on this? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, that was that was a lot of fun. He's like, what? <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was so fun. I was like, well, I'm here. I might as well. I have to ask him now. Right. Um but yeah, so tons of tons of questions from serious to funny. For sure. Well, I guess the the one question you should have asked is should people consider uh doing uh starting a YouTube channel? And or, or doing something on their own. I mean, I think we can boil this down to, uh, to 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 anybody. It's uh, doing anything, like say doing a business or the, the working on a side hustle. And to that, I would I would have to say, um, it it really depends on you. And it goes back to that whole happiness thing we were talking about. Some people don't get satisfaction out of that, and some people some people do and you just got to find what what works for you and i can't think it goes into the whole theme of this interview and yeah find what works for find what works for you whoever you are out there watching this and find what you like to do and go all in on that but try try a bunch of different things as well no matter what your age is and see just see where it takes you that's awesome well matt you rock bro i appreciate your time i appreciate you uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for the time that you share with me today. So I just want to say thank you very, very much. Well, thank you. This was, this was really cool. And I, I really enjoyed talking today. Rock on brother. Thank you very much. Everybody watching and listening. Thank y'all very, very much. And I'll see everybody on the next episode. Take care now.